What is up, everyone? Welcome to Toffee Blues USA, your source for all things Everton, American style. Joining me today, I have new friends. It's great. Joining me today for the first time, we've got uh, Chris from uh, Gateway Toffee joining us. Chris, how, how are things? Hey, I'm awesome. Thanks for having me on. So, Yeah, excited. Excited to talk to you, man. Um, so... Chris, just, just before we get into Gateway Toffees, Chris, what do you what do you do? What's life like for Chris? Yeah, so Chris Daughtry, not the singer, um, is a uh, father of four girls, um, and I'm an assistant superintendent of schools in my uh, real job when I'm actually doing work. So started out as a teacher and then just kind of worked my way up through the ranks principal. And then I was a superintendent for a while in Indiana and then moved down here to St. Louis to get what I'd call my second retirement, even though I don't feel like I should be in that age category. Um, I don't but I guess I'm, I'm getting close. So <laughs> You seem young. That's the thing. Like, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm talking to a guy who seems like he's around my age. And then I'm like super intimidated now by you're like, Oh yeah, I was a principal and I'm a super assistant superintendent. I'm like, that's, awesome and you've achieved so much and you seem young wow yeah that's awesome lucky lucky to lucky on the journey so you know sometimes (laughs) you're in the right place or somebody thinks oh he's got some talent very misinformed they were but i'm i'm here so you know it is what it is (laughs) hey what did you teach by the way i was a third grade teacher when i started out so yeah right on i was the only male in my elementary school so i was absolutely a rock star amongst the kids it was a it was a great gig we, I, I, I still maintain we need we need a lot more a uh, lot more guys teaching elementary school. You know, yeah. I just saw uh, my old uh, high school assistant coach the other day at a at a 5K event. He came up and said, "Hey," and it turns out he's teaching fourth grade. And I yeah. was like, "That is awesome." You yeah. know, uh, I'm just thinking about having. I, I had one. There was one male elementary school teacher I ever had, and he was the only one in the school. So you're right, yeah. man. There's not many. It was a lonely job, but it was awesome. So the kids love me. I was all-time quarterback every time I went out to play football on the playground. So, <laughs> and they all thought I was great. I was like John Elway or, <laughs> so, you know, you could fool them. <laughs> nice. Very cool, Chris. Uh, yeah, I appreciate the, uh, the caveat, making sure people know that you are not the singer. That's, that's helpful. Uh, people, the podcast, the people listening via podcast would have, would have been curious the whole time. Uh, yeah. so, so, uh, so Chris, talk to us about uh, Gateway Toffees. Um, uh, I know the answer to this, but I'll, I'll let you uh, break it in. Uh, how, how long have Gateway Toffees been, been around? <laughs> So we are so old. We've had like two watch parties. So, and it's, uh, it it was the brainchild of uh, Jeremy Reminger. uh, who's another guy here locally in St. Louis who joined our, we had kind of a loose Facebook group for a long time, but no real organization with it. And uh, I went down to Florida for the Florida cup. And I see all these cities that have got like these awesome, like, supporter groups they're all standing around having a great time um and it was a lonely lonely place to be when you're like the only person from st louis there walking around and so uh 
Jeremy had gotten on our Facebook group and said, Hey, is anybody interested in starting a club? I immediately, I got back with him. I'm like, Hey, let's meet up and talk about it. And, uh, it was funny because the night that we did, he's, he's a big Indianapolis Colts fan. I was from Indiana before I came here. I was walking into this random bar that we were meeting at and some guy stops me. He's like, Hey, you an Everton fan? Cause he saw my hat on. I said, yeah. And he's like, you know where people watch the matches around here? I, well, just so happens I'm meeting with somebody tonight. And then the irony of everything was that like the dessert, my wife and I actually met he and his wife and the dessert that night, cause he had already eaten. We, and we had already eaten was a like toffee spice cake at the restaurant. So I'm like, this is all in the stars. It was meant to be. And so we just started from there uh, and contacted Everton. They've been great to work with to get help, help us get started, probably like everybody else's experience. And it blew my mind that like as big of a football slash soccer town as St. Louis is, that there wasn't a supporters club there um, that yeah. was official with the club. So we decided we needed to rectify that. And, and, you know, we're starting to build, starting to see more people that are getting interested and coming to hang out with us to watch matches. And that's really the awesomeness behind all this because – there was this weird feeling of sitting in your living room alone, watching the matches and sc- trying to hold your screams back when your kids are sleeping, all that kind of stuff. Now I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> I can be with other crazy people. So, yes. <laughs> so, so St. Louis, uh, we, we have a decent amount of folks that, uh, that, uh, that from England that, that watch and listen to the show. So uh, give a, give a brief little, intro to st louis for the folks that don't know a whole lot about st louis i've been there once in my life but i'm not gonna do that to you where i'm like hey man i was at the arch let's talk about that no i'm not doing that to you i respect you too much already so give a give a little bit of background on st louis a little rundown for the folks who don't know yeah st louis is uh it, it is the arch it's that's what everybody does when they come to st louis i i joke about that but it's like everybody's facebook page if you look has got a picture of them at the arch at some point in their lifetime so um and it's funny because when you live here you never go to the arch it just sits there and you look at it all the time but st louis is just that it's a great middle of the country old industrial town type city uh kind of got a little bit of grittiness to it um it's got a great football soccer history. Uh, and most of the guys that played on the world cup team back in, I think it was in the fifties that, um, actually beat England. I hate to say that, uh, if you have some England fans that are on here, were from like a little Italian district here in St. Louis and they all grew up together, played in the neighborhood. Great history here. As far as that goes, um, good foodie city. and uh, just, uh, just kind of one of those, kind of on par with a lot of your like industrial middle of the country type cities at one time. And uh, so, yeah, neat place. Uh, I've lived here for a few years, but we've got family that lived here for a long, longer period of time. And that's how we kind of got hooked up and ended up down here. So. So what's your relationship with the sport? Well, I didn't start as a soccer fan. In fact, I was a baseball, football, basketball kid growing up uh, in small towns And it wasn't until, like, I look back at, like, I think it was a 2014 World Cup um, when we played Belgium. And we went to, like, a big, one of the stadiums in our area at the time was hosting a big watch party. Took the kids down, went, and I just got hooked. And uh, Tim Howard was playing, and he was standing on his head against Belgium. And that was the only thing that was keeping us in that game. And I'm like, I love this. And so I started following 
the team that he was playing for loosely, which uh, was Everton. And uh, I don't know the history, man. It's just something that gets in you. I was an old baseball fan growing up. Uh, I was a Chicago Cubs kind of guy growing up because I grew up in the Midwest. And uh, this team kind of just reminds me of that same vibe. Plays in a really cool old place, a lot of history, and uh, even more history than what we've got as far as it goes. So I just got hooked. And uh, from there, I've been a fan ever since. Very cool. Uh, I think uh, with some folks, so you didn't grow up like playing the sport much. Nope. Some folks that I've talked to, like uh, it took them a little while to kind of be able to watch the Watch the, watch the sport and be engaged the whole time if they didn't grow up playing it. Cause I feel like yeah. a lot of, you know, for some folks, they, they grow up playing it. So they know what people are going through. They can pay attention a little bit more. Yep. I know my, like I, I got a buddy at work is a big uh, hockey and uh, baseball and, you know, American football fan. And, you know, I, I had to really talk him into watching games, Yeah, you know? Um, and it was, it's just a different type of experience watching a soccer game. So with you, you just kind of got into the World Cup and were psyched with a with, with yeah. the U.S. experience, and you were just like, yeah, wow. I like the you know it's the history, but I, I also told somebody it's like I, before I ever got into it, I'm like, how can you watch something that's zero zero and that's acceptable, and you feel like that was a good match, but then as you watch it, you start to realize it's that anticipation that really is what draws you into it. And there's no timeouts. There's no, I mean, you have halftime, but there's no timeouts. You always have constant movement. You have, so just, you know, it's, I got into my blood and it's funny because I grew up your typical NFL fan, your typical NBA fan. Like I would say that this is my default now as the, well, I'm way too into it. If you ask my kids and my wife, they think that I've completely gone off the deep end. So Gotcha. That's, and that's, that seems like, uh, that means you're doing something right. I think that's I get <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Uh, so, uh, have you, so you were able to go to Florida, which is cool. That was one of my questions. So you already got to that. Have you been able yeah. to get over to, have you ever been able to get to Goodison? I have not. No. And I, that is, it, that is on the bucket list to do that before it's Bramley Moore, just so I can say that I went to the old lady gotcha. and not to the new place. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. So. I mean, the hope is we get to a point where we're all going over there fairly regular. You know, that would be yeah. cool. We'd be able to go to yeah. Goodison and then you go to Bramley Moore and then you experience <laughs> it all and everything's okay. That's what it, that's, exactly. that's the goal anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, really quick, before we finish up talking about Gateway Toffees, uh, do you want to tell anybody in the St. Louis area where they can meet up with you and uh, to, for watch parties and all that hotness? Yeah. Yeah, so we've got a Facebook page that's pretty active, which is under Gateway Toffees, or they can look it up under St. Louis Evertonians, which is what it used to be. And then, um, obviously, our Twitter handle is Gateway underscore Toffees. And we've been meeting up. The people that live here will know the Amsterdam. That's really the only um, soccer-specific bar in St. Louis now, some of the ones that used to be around closed. So we go down and share it with the other Premier League clubs, um, but it's a nice place. And we're going to try to go anytime there's a Saturday or Sunday match, we're going to try to make an effort to be down there for that. So I've been announcing the watch parties uh, and then doing it that way. But really the default is if they're playing on a Saturday and Sunday, the hope is that we're going to at least somewhat fill that place with blue because a lot of weekends is filled with red, which is just absolutely awful. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, yeah, gotta, gotta, gotta somehow perform some kind of a exorcism or something. Jeez. <laughs> uh, um, so, so Chris, just a few questions about you and your Everton uh, uh, ties and whatnot. So who's your favorite current Everton player? Because I have these, I have like these stock questions that I ask everybody. I want to make sure I get them in. <laughs> so it's a funny, well, I don't know. Some people might find it a funny story. So I'm a, I'm a big Seamus Coleman fan, but I'm now a Ben Godfrey fan. And the reason I'm a Ben Godfrey fan is very simple. My mother, who thought she was doing a nice thing and buying me a, a birthday present, she was supposed to get me a Seamus Coleman jersey and, and well, I won't say the size, but it obviously bigger than what she probably would have thought because of the weird European sizing. Right. So when I got this present in the mail, it was a Ben Godfrey jersey and it was smaller than the size I was supposed to wear. So I decided, you know what, mom, instead of complaining, I'm just going to adopt Ben as my favorite player now and we'll go from there. So that's currently I, I'm a Godfrey or a Coleman fan, depending on the day. So, so. So did you did you try to squeeze into the into the big man shirt? Yeah, big man in a little shirt. Gotta do it. I've had that accident yeah. happen where like, you know, I with my kids, we will do a run a 5K and they'll give us all the same shirt, different sizes, and I've accidentally put theirs on. It's just <laughs> and, my, and my wife's going, I don't think it's yours, honey. I yeah. have no idea how you got into that. <laughs> and we don't know how you're going to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, a team of uh, reindeer and a sleigh dragged me out of that thing. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so, so that's, so Godfrey, good story. Very cool. Uh, what's, uh, what's your favorite Everton goal? Ooh, you know, that goal this year by Townsend was just so sweet. It's really hard to like go back in time uh, and say anything but that. There was a Gilfie goal. I, I don't know whether we're allowed to say his name now anymore, but it's a good I think question. It was Lester. <laughs> it was <laughs> back a when nice I think, goal. It was. Yeah, he actually hit it on a set piece, which was amazing because I don't think he's done that ever since he's been with the uh, club. So, um, but yeah, I think that Townsend goal this year was just. It was amazing. So it was very nice. Yeah, it is a good one. Uh, so uh, what's your what's your favorite? Like, well, since you've been a supporter, since you've been an, an Everton guy, what's been your favorite Everton moment? Doesn't just Ooh. have to be a goal. Could be something that happened after a win, maybe a big save, just a, a favorite Everton moment. Ducking for hugging every ball boy that he could hug during the Chelsea match when everybody was just absolutely down and depressed because we were afraid that, you know, we were going to go down and Silva had been not what we thought he was going to be. So just that match of like the elation of, oh, wow, we can score goals. And Duncan Ferguson is now throwing ball ball up in the air and having fun. That, that I think that was just kind of a neat, like, you have those moments you get way too into this and you realize, Oh, wait a second, this can be fun again. So yeah. that was, that was that moment for me. Duncan Ferguson wearing that wristband with the suit. It's just, what a, what a fun moment. That was such a strange little stretch and yeah. it was exciting with him on the touchline. It really was. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's a good one. And uh, 
lastly, um, I always ask people this. Um, do you have a player, but it could, it does, it could be current or it could be in the past where you're kind of like, uh, that is, that is the, that is my personality. Like that <laughs> player right there. That's Chris, jo Chris Daughtry. If you're trying to explain people like, yeah, I'm like this player. Who would you <laughs> say? Yeah, I think, uh, if I like, I'm probably a Leighton Baines kind of person because I have a veneer of what people think I am. Uh, on the outside, which is assistant superintendent and all this stuff. But then on the, in the background, I like to play like fiddle around on my banjo and my tenor guitar. And then I do this crazy club stuff that I'm doing and stuff like that. So in at work, I'm a very serious at it kind of person. Um, and most people would probably tell you kind of, I, I have to be flat. I'm the guy that does all like the discipline hearings, the, the very unfun stuff um, that comes along mm -hmm. with it. But then on the side, I'm more of the, I don't know, just different personality who enjoys the quirkiness in life. So, uh, so yeah, I'm a Leighton Baines kind of person. It's, it's almost like people are complex and layered. It's weird. That's so, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Is, is the old track line, we're onions, we're, we're onions. So peel back the layers. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, very cool. So before we move on to West Ham, I have obligatory October question. Oof. Chris, what is your favorite scary movie? And don't, oh. and, and I don't, you don't have, try not to say something like Geely, which is just <laughs> scary in a really weird way. Let's, <laughs> actual horror or thriller, whatever, something like that. What do you got? Uh, the movie that made me like uh, stay up at night was The Shining. Uh, and the reason the shining, my dad was a great guy, but like, I could always see he could have that edge. Like if we got stuck in a hotel in Colorado, way up in the mountains, my dad could have that edge. So, uh, that movie scared the bejesus out of me. And I had some sleepless nights over that. I've since shown that movie to my kids and they're like, dad, this isn't scary. They're like, this isn't scary at all. I'm like, well, I haven't done my job as a father then. Because if you're not scared of that, then clearly you don't think I have that crazy side to me. <laughs> Different. It's, it's really interesting. Like, a lot of the, the movies that I grew up with as being scary, even into my, like, late teens and early 20s, I don't feel like a lot of the young folk find them scary at all. No. And and they're they're interesting they're usually a good blend of drama and horror and yep. you know and thriller just and I, I like them because a lot of the times they're character driven you know i'm a big fan yep. of those so i like the shining a lot i think it's i think it's awesome i think it's really wonderfully done uh, but i i think a lot of young folk would not find that scary yeah so, so what's your default i so if i'm going like personal i just really like the exorcist man yeah i think the exorcist can't go wrong with it it's just it's just a really good drama the the scenes between the between reagan and her mom are just it's just really and and i like the book too it's a really yeah. well-written book um yep. a buddy of mine recommended it and uh yeah i finished it like that it's just yeah just good stuff um plus that's my kind of you know it, I, I like character I'm a big fan of character. Yep. So um, last question before we go, I have to ask this, Chris, and I feel like I'm going to get the answer I'm looking for here. Chris, <laughs> have, 
Have you seen Seven? Yes, I have seen Seven. Boom. Just, just for clarification, Chris, how old are you? I am 48 years young. Very close to my age. Very, that makes sense that you would see Seven. A lot of these young folk are bringing on here. They've never even heard of it. It's yeah. killing me, man. It's, it's a sad that. thing, too, isn't it? Because it's, 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 you know, I'm not going to say it's my favorite movie ever, but it's one of those where I'm like, yeah, it's really good. Really yeah. good movie. Very cool. So Chris, Chris has seen scene seven. So uh, Jake, Jacob, just saying, the older folk, throwing it out there. All right. So let's move on. Let me take this note card in. All right. So West Ham match. Oof. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say spoiler alert for anybody who recorded it, but yeah, it it was not not the best result. Uh, yeah, one nil loss to uh to the irons to the hammers uh so chris give us some opening thoughts i don't want to i don't want to taint your thoughts and then i'll start you know muddying the waters by bringing up conversation topics and whatnot yeah don't don't we miss dcl and richarlson that's just what i kept thinking in that match i mean we got off to like a really super slow start and i felt like we were we were kind of in that, but you know, even, even with that, some crosses that came into the box, I'm just like, if DCL is in this match, I feel like we're one Oh, at some point in that match. So, you know, I think sometimes you kind of play with fool's gold with the fact that you, you've got some of these guys that step up, but against a good West Ham team. And I think they are a good team. Um, you know, I just, I don't think we had the personnel to be able to really be effective and score. And it just, we played that way the whole game and credit to West Ham. Their, their midfield was great during the match. I felt like, you know, Decore and Alan had played so well all. And I just, I never quite felt like they were engaged, especially in the first half. Second half, I felt like we started getting a little engaged, but uh, yeah, it's a tough match to watch because uh, yeah. You know, you just look and you think, what if? Um, and I really do think there, there was a ball. I don't remember if it was, I think it was Gray that crossed it into the box. And I'm looking, I'm like, if DCL is there, that's in the back of the net. So but. I, I think, I think if, if for Charleston, you know, honestly, if what's funny is like, because that's the one it will be just totally. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I mean, it will be in the first half. That was just, that was rough. That was it was brutal. brutal. Um, it was not, not you know. I don't even. I don't think Rondon had that great of a first half either. Um, uh, just not an overall great game for either one of those fellas. I, I do mm. think they it, it they got more involved in the second half. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna. You know, I can't sit there and ignore the fact that Iwobi had a legit chance or two in the second yep. half. Rondon had a couple of 
flicked headers. Um, he gets a little bit more on him. That's a that's a serious chance at goal. Um, but yeah, the first half was rough, man. It was uh, at least the beginning. Uh, beginning of the first half was rough. We just it just felt felt very flat. It felt like yeah. we were trying to just absorb pressure um, and just kind of sit back and try to not do anything wrong. Yep. Felt like. Yeah. I felt like when he switched at halftime, when he moved gray out wide and brought a in, I kind of felt like it changed the tenor of the and complexion of the game. And I, I'll be honest and same with Benitez. I've liked gray playing on the inside, but I kind of felt like with their midfield, we needed gray on the outside and we were going to have to attack down the wings. I just didn't feel like we could attack through the middle. And, uh, once he moved out wide and a with that kind of bigger body, able to, to do some things, move the ball. Uh, I felt like we started to really get in the match and I'll be honest in saying, you know, one Oh, it's probably deserved on their part, but in some ways it's a little harsh too. Cause I felt like we probably had the better chances in the second half really than they did, except for on those stupid set pieces, which I just kept saying, we were all sitting there. We're like, they're going to score off a set piece at some point in this match. It just, it just felt like it. And maybe that's too much Everton in me to say that, but <laughs> it just felt like they were going to score on a set piece. So, I mean, it's experience, you know. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think uh, our overall performance was was too bad. Uh, I didn't think I, I. I thought it was a pretty even game, you know. Yeah. I didn't think we. I thought we had stretches where we didn't look great. I thought we had individual players who who weren't engaged all the time. We're giving the ball away really cheaply. Um, but I, I didn't think it was a, a forest of matches. You know, yeah. I didn't watch it live. I watched it a couple times afterward. And I just, I saw a lot of comments talking about how abysmal the game was. I, I didn't think it was that bad. No. You know, we had opportunities. Um, so, uh, I, I, and to be honest, it was great to see Coleman back. Because I thought, yeah. especially second half, how I mean, he was dangerous going forward. Yeah, he really was. I, I felt like both, you know, Dinier's not really gotten a lot of credit this year because he hasn't been as much as on the offensive end. But still, like, if you take a look at his stats after game matches, he's still uh, – he he creates – at least he's that threat on that side. And then when you pair mm-hmm. him up with speed, which I felt like that was the missing link that we had the last couple of years, we just had no speed. and. Right. Uh, putting gray on the outside makes a huge difference. And then Townsend as well, linking up with Coleman, I think is just a really nice, but again, it's that end product of who are you, who are you crossing it to? And I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong. I'd have to go back and look at Rondon when he played at Newcastle, but I don't remember him being that guy that got on the end of crosses. I kind of more remember him for being like hold up play and getting other people involved in the offense. And I may be completely off base on that, but it just, if I remember more, and that's kind of what he settled into um, with us as well. He does a nice job holding up, but then that really makes it tough to make that run into the box and be able to finish something. So, especially so, at his age. So I'd say I'd say you're with him. I remember him getting on the end of stuff with his noggin. You know, yeah, sitting there winning, winning stuff, winning crosses in the air. He's not the kind of player that you're going to be able to feed a lot of through balls to, and he's going to outrun anybody. He's just, no. he just not, not, I don't know that he's ever been that guy. I used to, I thought his holdup play was better back in the day than yeah. it has been like, especially this game. I didn't think it was that great. I thought he was, you know, he allowed people to kind of come through him and win the ball. He wasn't holding people off, which yeah. 
for the longest time watching Premier League, I thought it was just a straight up foul. Um, yeah. And nowadays, it's like I'm I'm confused when they call the foul because they usually don't call it. Uh, yeah. People coming through like that. It's almost like you have to do something with your. If you're coming through up high, they're fine with it. But if you come through with the legs, that's when they'll usually call it. Yeah. Um. But he wasn't holding off people well uh, at all uh, this past weekend. Um. So yeah. Uh, he, he. I feel like he's decent in the air. He's decent in the air. Um. But, and and that's you. You just described like his like two very like strong characteristics for him normally. I think those were two reasons why I think we, we wanted him. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see him win a lot of 50, 50 balls, man. No, he really didn't. He's looked slow ever since he came, came back to us. And maybe that's just game shape. I don't know. Um, you like yeah, to, but, you like to hope that and try to be kind, yeah. but I don't know. He's just not a blazing speed guy. Hmm. Um, short bursts maybe, but he goes off on a 20 yard run. He ain't beating anybody. No, probably not even me, and that's sad. So, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna. I don't want to assume that you can't run outrun Rondon, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, so, it'd be a good race. It'd be a good race. <laughs> you hear that? You hear that, Solomon? Chris is <laughs> laid down the gauntlet. <laughs> he wants. He wants you. All right, let's do it. Um. So, um. So first half, fairly even, uh, despite that really dry stretch at the beginning. Second half, um, we started off a little more lively, looking a little, looking a little bit more, more into it. You, you mentioned the change, and I'm with you on that. And our fullbacks, our, our outside backs, started getting forward a lot more. Uh, yeah. We were just more dangerous. Um, and then you have that ball that just launches into the air, and Pickford times it oddly, and somehow Antonio out jumps him. Yeah. Without using his hands up high, with Pickford even with short arms, the guy should be able to reach higher, right? Don't get that. Um, so and it, and it ends up uh, as a corner. A lot of people call it a foul. Um, in some games, I have seen it called a foul, but. Yeah. Um, I watched the replay. I don't, I don't think it was a really strong foul. You know, I didn't think yeah. it was that bad. I honestly think it was one of those where Jordan almost anticipated the contact. You kind of do that in basketball. You know, you go up for that and you anticipate the contact and you don't actually just go hard at something. And mm-hmm. I kind of felt like that was the same thing with him. It's like he was anticipating the contact, never reached all the way up. So, you know, and let's be honest, how many fouls have even been called in that match? I mean, he was letting he was letting them play. So, yeah, I it you know probably a lot of people blame it on Jordan's short arms. I just don't think he had a real good jump at it. So I just, I, I, the timing was really really wrong. It was odd, you know. Um, it, it was it was a weird thing, but one would think a a keeper in the Premier League goes up with confidence there. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out what threw him off. And it, but isn't that I, so Pickford? I mean, like really when he is, makes a mistake, man. it's always like these really weird, odd. You're just sitting there going, I don't get it because he's so good. I mean, he really is so good. There were there were times in that match like he sent. I don't remember what who he sent a long ball to down the field, but I'm like, there are not many goalkeepers that make that play 
in a match, but then there's those odd times that he just, I don't know if it's a lapse of concentration or if it's just not, he doesn't go hard there. Or he was expecting mm-hmm. somebody. I will say this, if Yeri's in the game, does that even happen? I don't know. Yeri seems <laughs> to put his head on anything that comes into the box. Um, and he loves getting into whoever's number nine's head is for the match. So, you know, again, maybe that's another loss that we had that you can't make up for. I like to think that nothing bad ever happens if Yerry Mina's in the game. <laughs> <laughs> you all, entertained. <laughs> yes, at the very least. Uh, yeah, so that was – it's a questionable play. Um, the people who are calling it a foul, I mean, there was, there was contact. There was. Contact happened. Have I seen that kind of thing called? Yes, I absolutely yeah. have. But – is it consistent with the fact that not a lot was called in that game? Yeah. If the refs trying to let them, let them bump, let them, you know, let them hit each other. And then, you know, that's, that's the case. I, I get the, I've always gotten the impression that players and managers and, and uh, fans appreciate consistency in the referee, yep. call it tight or call it loose, but do it the whole game. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, um, so then they get a corner out of that. And the, uh, our, uh, the, the, the guy we almost signed, which I feel like just happens to us every time. <laughs> Doesn't uh, it? <laughs> gets, gets a goal, uh, header off the corner, just a little flick, puts it in. Uh, he runs near post and just flicks it far. Um, should we have done better there? I don't know. I don't know how you felt, but I, I really kind of felt like those in-swingers they were putting in from that side were good, and I just mm-hmm. kind of felt like that's a really tough ball to get across, especially when you're when you're doing the zonal marking. I didn't think – I mean, I thought Godfrey made a good attempt at it. I just think it's just one of those – their guy was in the right place, right time. He got the contact he needed, goal. And uh, sometimes you have those happen in the Premier League. That's why those guys are so good. So, mm-hmm. and I'm like you, it's like premier script writers. It was the same thing when Bailey came on the field for Aston Villa. You're like, he's going to score goals. That's just the way it is. This is Everton. So yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. That's, you know, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I almost, I had more regret about the play before rather than the corner. Yeah. You know, um, but but yeah, so then shortly after that, you've got the uh, Suchek uh, Rondon <laughs> thing that happened, which a lot, there are fans online saying uh, Rondon, by the way, who, who apparently has eyes running up and down the back of his body, <laughs> um, meant to step on Suchek's face. Yeah. Totally <laughs> intentional and that he should be banned. Uh well, he'd seen the movie Seven, so he was literally trying to sever his head, put it in a box, in the game. So, <laughs> spikes, spikes just weren't big enough. That's what it was. Yeah, down. yeah, it's. Oh, <laughs> so, so Suchik, he he did get stepped on the face. Uh, not, uh, you know, a little. Yeah, uh, but I can't see how anyone could. The I think the the confusing thing there is he does a movement backwards. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, it's it is an odd movement. Yep. And I I will say that. Um, 
I wasn't sure if that's a get your balance type movement and then more, but the fact that he, he found very little purpose purchase at all to, to push yeah. off of. And he kind of pulled back. It was just a weird, it was a weird movement. Um, but uh, I, I got to say, talking about Rondon, that's one of the things I didn't doubt him coming in was his character. Yeah. Um, I know he, he badly injured one of our players. I think it was, um, um, what was it? Um, gosh, Mick. James McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. He badly injured James McCarthy and it tore him up and it yep. was not intentional. And it was, yeah. And so we're talking about, that's the one thing I would have said about him, regardless of where he plays is a good, good guy character. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so say what you want to about the guy's play, uh, whatever that's debatable, but the character seems like it's, it's intact with him. So that's why I was, but some of these folks, uh, maybe they, maybe they understand his intention better than anybody else. <laughs> well, you know, clearly we all live life in slow motion. So shouldn't it be easy just to yes. not do the, I mean, that's what's great. These guys are world-class athletes, but they're still people. I mean, you still mm -hmm. have to gather yourself when you go to run. You can't just yeah. automatically hit the ground and be like the road runner where you just take off. You <laughs> have to actually gather, you have to move. And if you look, it's just a guy that's gathering and getting his hips set so that he's ready to run. We do that all the time in every other sport. I mean, you get your hips set, you plant your foot and you go. It's just sad that Sochek's face was on the bottom of that foot plant. And he did get, it was some nice facial surgery. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully hope, hope for a quick recovery from him. But I, I didn't get to see whether he had any stitches, but I can't imagine how he didn't have any stitches with what I saw his face look like after it was all said and done. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, I didn't, rough. I didn't see any malice. I mean, it's yeah. Rondon's not had that history. Yeah. I mean, there was a little physical tangle where they were like exchanging body like bumps. Yeah. And uh, that would, to me, be the only thing that would be in it is if he was trying to hold the guy off by doing that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, match ends. We uh, didn't make a whole lot of changes. We brought in Anthony Gordon uh, at one point, uh, who, you know, he was there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was there. Didn't, didn't really light everything afire or anything. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really see a whole I, – I didn't, I didn't feel like complaining afterward. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I get I, – I know that people did. So uh, I just didn't feel like we were that terrible considering the fact that we're so thin. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you're playing against a good Moyes team who he, you know how he's going to set up, you know how he's going to play, you know that they're going to nick a goal at some point and then he's going to hold on for dear life and probably get the win. And by the way, that's the formula that Everton fans loved years back. I mean, the guy hasn't changed that much, but I got to be honest and saying with Benita as a teams, I felt like we fought up until the end and you know it just didn't go our way and that happens sometimes we'll get that same break later on down the road probably someplace things tend to even out so I went into this match thinking it was a flip of the coin to be honest because of our injuries I think if we're healthy I think we win that match um, and you know I still like at the end of the day I feel like you could play that match 10 times and probably we win five they win five with the right and it is what it is so I mean, we had opportunities. Opportunities were there. 
Okay, this was not one of those games. We had some last year and we've had some in the past where we just didn't look like any had like no threatening movements whatsoever. We had opportunities. They yep. were there. So it's All just right. sad that the one time we had a great opportunity, it came to a Wobie's feet and it looked like he had never played the game of soccer before. <laughs> but it happens. Yeah. It wrong did, guy, uh, wrong place. I mean, it, it, when somebody on a, in a Premier League game does has the same kind of result that I would in front of goal, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just feel like they need a hug so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good way to say it. I think a Wobie needs a hug. He's probably needed one since he came to play for us. So, you know, wrap him up in eggs and pour some beans on it. (laughs) Give him a nice breakfast hug. That's what the guy needs. Jeez. Poor Wobie. He's just going to catch so much until he has a a good game. Uh, All right. Any other thoughts on the West Ham match, man? No, put it in, put it in past, move on. We're, we're out of it. We're done. Um, Really quick before I move on to the mailbag. No, no, no. There's questions about this, so I'm not going to mention it. Mention it in the question. All right. So, mailbag. We are starting with uh, with a question from, uh, I'm not pronouncing this correctly, Aaron. I don't care what you say. You told me it's Bozy. I'm going to say Bowsy. Because that's that's what that's what's <laughs> going to happen, right? So now a moment with uh, Bowsy Toffee Tick. Uh, he asks his first question: Is there a horror movie scene that made you properly cack in your pantaloons? <laughs> One scene where you were like, "Oh my gosh, that's insane!" So I'm just going to say really quick: There's a couple of ways to take this. All right. I've seen some movies where there's some really just straight up disturbing stuff happening and it frightened me. So, and there's also jump scare stuff where I was just like, ah! you know, and it, that, that caught me and I needed to push pause is my heart, you know? So there's a couple <laughs> ways to go. I don't know where, you, how you wanted us to do this, Aaron. Uh, uh, so yeah. Anyway, Chris, what do you got? Oh, oh my Lord. Um, I don't get freaked out by the bloods, blood and guts and all that kind of stuff. So I can't go there. I was a medic in the Air Force way back when. So like blood and guts, that doesn't bother me at all. And I get, I tend to be like cynical when it comes to just the average chop them up, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I got to say, it's more like the psychological stuff. Like when I see those twins in the hallway in The Shining, I'm like, ooh, that's creepy. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's where I got to go. It's the psychological stuff for me. Gotcha. Um, if I go jump scary, I I immediately think the first time I watched The Exorcist, I was like 18, and this is before they remastered it and brought in like the the um, deleted scenes from before and before they started adding all these like digital projections and like certain moments of the movie. Um, so there's a dream sequence where someone is getting onto the subway and out of nowhere and this doesn't happen much in the old version of the movie this like demon face is on screen for like split second it's like rah! right it's just that it's it's like a frame it's like so fast and 
I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, what, 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 you know, late at night, 2 a.m. sitting there watching the, and I had to rewind it and pause it. And I was like, that's terrifying. <laughs> like, I couldn't even really see it the first time. I, I, I was like, that's, oh my gosh. And I had to just stop everything. It was crazy. So yeah, that was, there was that one that got to me. Um, and I will say, uh, okay, and I'm just going to say this. Uh, no one needs to see this movie. No one. But it's a movie. It's a Turkish horror movie called Baskin. Don't watch it. I watched it by myself one night. I was the only one in my house. And there's a really awful scene of a black mass at the end. And you should never watch it. And, <laughs> and I, I had to watch a few comedy shows after I finished that movie to, like, laugh it off. And not be frightened of, yes, it was terrible. Don't ever watch Baskin, everyone. Yes. So there you go. Because, um, yeah, that was a terrible, terrible thing. So now Aaron asks an actual soccer question. <laughs> uh, what's your honest assessment of Rome Dawn's first 1.5 months? Oh, <laughs> I think we hit it. So <laughs> the I think, brief summary. <laughs> I think I think a lot of lightning speed runs into the bot. Wait, no. Um, he's occasionally may I think he's had some moments where hold up play has been okay. And I think distribution, I think you see his ideas, but I you know, sometimes we expect these guys just to hit the ground running and then forget this is still like a collection of new players together. So not really knowing where that guy's gonna be when you do go to distribute, I think is, has held him back as well. But, you know, I still like him. I think if we get Richarlison back to lead the line and you've got a guy you can bring off the bench like Rondon, I think that's a real plus for us to have that guy that comes and gives you something different. Um, so I like him. I would just say I think we got probably what we expected at the beginning. Yeah. He's out of shape and he uh, he's not played with these guys before. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to add. Uh, I think he's good energy. I think he he's he's not. He doesn't seem like an unhappy guy. He seems uh, happy to be here and play a role. Uh, I feel like he's been thrust into that role early. Yep. Earlier than I think uh, I would have wanted him to be. Um, I don't. I you know, but I agree everything you said. I I hope he ends up making a go of it, getting getting himself in shape and feeling like a a good plug-in every once in a while, which is, a, you know, I think we were hoping is he would just be plugged in every once in a while. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, uh, it's a lot to ask for somebody who doesn't have a lot of play to, to come in pretty quick and uh, be the starter. Yeah. So, um, especially at a time when we're our, our other, one of our other main attacking threats is out. Yeah, I agree. So. It's just hard. All right. So, Jake Holton and Jacob Ritchie both had very similar questions. Uh, Jake Holton asks, the loss of Decore is obviously going to be nearly impossible to overcome. However, you have to slot someone in. Who's your ideal replacement for him and why? So that's Jake's question. Jacob Ritchie, with news of Decore's injury, how do you expect Everton to respond tactically? He's such a big part of our press and counter. Uh, do we switch systems or try to get uh, Tom, Andre, or Gabami to fill that role. Um, 
So if you've been living under a rock, first of all, stop that. <laughs> okay. No one. I mean, I realize the real estate market is crazy right now. I was going to say, you can't even afford a rock at this point. (laughs) I wish I had a rock. It's 3.2 million, especially if it comes on some land. So what are you going to (laughs) do? Okay. So basically, uh, Decore, stress factor, um, probably out, I think, around six weeks. Um, I believe that's what uh, Fabrizio said earlier. And uh, got to trust that guy over some yeah. of the other folks. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be tough. So, is this a plug and play situation for one of the players that Jake uh, Jacob mentioned, uh, Tom uh, Tom Davies, uh, uh, Andre Gomes, or uh, or Gabamin, or is this a hey, let's do something completely different formation wise and tactically? Yeah, that's. That's a good question. So I'm like one of the few Everton fans that has actually seen Gabamin play in person because, you know, he's only been with us for two years and not played. And I will say that guy has a skill set that could not replace DeCorey. He, he doesn't have, I don't think, that speed that DeCorey has once he gets on the ball. But I saw him make a pass in Florida, and I think it was to Amari Gray, where he just saw it and it was – so Benitez style. It was, I'm going to see you streaking down the field. I'm going to lace it. And that pass was just picture perfect that he made. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's what I'm sure Marcel Brand saw when he brought him in. And he has a physical presence that the other two guys don't have, just his athleticism. In saying that, do we really believe he's healthy? I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. I get a feeling Benitez isn't going to mess with the system a lot. I do wonder, is Awobi now going to slot in at the 10? Uh, and as a default, and we're going to see Gray out wide more, or is he doing that to save Gray's legs a little bit during matches too, so you don't have him just running out of gas? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great question. My gut feeling is he's going to try to plug and play at first and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I hate to say this. Some Everton fans will be disappointed by me saying it. I feel like it's going to be Tom more than it's mm-hmm. going to be the other guy. I would say I want to see Gabamin, but I feel like it's <laughs> mm-hmm. And I may be completely wrong. I hope I am. Yeah. Uh, ideally, you want to think, oh, well, we've been doing some things right. So we're not – even though we lost a, a match, you know, what, we didn't get blown out. We didn't mm-hmm. get, you know, completely just embarrassed. Um, it would be nice to be able to have a, one player just move over. Um, what are you thinking? I mean, do you think each, I mean, we've seen five at the back that he messed with. I didn't like that. I didn't think we played really well with I don't think that setup. Yeah. So you, you still feel like we're going to keep that solid four in the back, especially now that Dine and Coleman is here, but then what are you mm-hmm. putting in front? You know, Alan's going to slot in, but does he play more of a traditional six now, or is he still is he your box to box guy, and you put somebody in there to kind of be the six? That's I, you know, I think those are the questions. I just i i have I have an instinct that he'll switch systems. I I don't know why. I don't really know what to back that up. The only thing I, the only thing I would say about all that is the fact that I feel like when we've seen Benitez. Uh, be in these situations where 
he has to switch some things up, he does. Yeah. Uh, he is not afraid. I mean, he's tactically flexible. Um, so I, I feel like if he's looking at it and he doesn't think it's going to work, I feel like it'll change. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't, I don't, I, I got to agree with you though. I don't really like the five of the back, man. Um, I mean, and, and, and how does that, how does that change things? What does that, what does that mean for the rest of, for the attack? You know, you run five at the back, we usually look pretty anemic yeah. going forward when we do that. Um, it, it's, it's, and it's almost like what we do is we do that in order to be able to switch tactics a little while later when they don't, when we've lured them into some, you know, yep. to be able to be thinking going forward, going forward, going forward. And then we switch systems and then we press and we, and we catch them by surprise. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like we're going to change systems, uh, but I don't know. I mean, gosh, man, five, five with, I mean, you know who the five are. We know who they are. Yep. Yep. Right. It's just the other uh, six players. Who are those going to be? How are yep. we going to roll that out? Because we don't have DCL. So Richarlison, I don't think is quite ready. He's close. Right. I wish he was because I think this would be a perfect time to reintroduce him with Watford coming in. But yeah, I don't know that he is ready. So, yeah. So then you look at, I mean, are you just looking at the quality players to figure out how you do your formation? You say Damari Gray, Townsend, and we need a striker. So Rondon. So you, then you have those three. So then you need what? Three more. Yep. Right. So then, so then it's at that point, I feel like you don't have, two center mids that are strong enough mm, no you know what i mean so i almost feel like you've got to roll with i mean man i hate the idea of going with uh alan tom davies and then either andre gomez or gabami but i almost feel like that's what's going to happen yeah it could but be we don't have a very quick 10 at that point then no. like like tom davies is going to be your 10 yep. that's weird yeah so I'm just telling you, man, I, I don't like what I'm saying. <laughs> it's this is, you feel like when you saw when I saw that news, I'm like, that's the worst thing that can happen right now because decoy has been that good. I mean, that's the other piece to it. Let's just not let's all the, the, the thing that we all know decoy has been our linchpin so far this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy has moved the ball so much from back to front and truly been box to box. And it's just been, it's just been fun to watch him get to play. Like I think he thought he was going to play when he came in under Carlo. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's a huge hole to replace. Um, you look at our bench and it's not like we have anybody over the age of 20 uh, that can mm-hmm. that can come in and play. It's a bunch of kids over there. So <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. I wish that, uh, that Anyango had not yeah. been, had not been, I mean, he just came back. Like he had, he had an injury for a while. He just came back had a great game the other day, but he's not ready, ready. for first team. I can't imagine it, man. I wouldn't put a kid like that who just came out for injury. No. Um, so yeah. Uh, it's almost yeah. like we should, we should have considered buying a player, bringing a player, bringing <laughs> someone in, you know, that, that was always the concern. If Decore gets hurt, what do you do? What happens? Yeah, uh, he just his profile is just different than everybody else in that midfield. So yeah. he's the one guy we probably couldn't afford to lose. Yeah, 
because he can play I, I just the idea of him playing that kind of eight role and he defends yeah. you know um he is a huge part of our counter huge yep you know the three people that are almost always getting forward lately him townsend gray yeah exactly exactly so, so jake holton jacob ritchie there's a there's a reason why you guys come on our show a lot it's because these are good questions <laughs> all right um yeah uh next question it's the final question from twitter and then we'll move on to reddit connor williams uh who actually uh does some uh, some toffee blues work with us uh he he sent me a comment last last week about my favorite simpsons character being uh uh, Hank Scorpio, who is, uh, you know, and, and, and he, yeah, he is great because clearly Connor watches a lot of The Simpsons. So he has asked, in the same vein of thought, your favorite episodes of Simpsons. So, Chris, I'm not sure if you watch Simpsons. I, I, I've watched a lot of it. I have, a, have some favorites, but uh, I, I definitely did not go to, like to my DVD shelf and remind myself so i'm going straight from memory right now and i haven't watched an episode in months so uh, i feel like i'm going to totally expose myself as being unworthy of connor's question at this moment but chris what do you got yeah so it's been some time since i've watched the simpsons but i'm going to go on the Wayback machine here so i don't know what his age is but he may be like i don't think that ever happened there was an episode back in the early 90s and I was, I was a huge baseball fan growing up, and there was an episode where they play the town next door, and all these major leaguers come in, and Homer still ends up being the hero for the day, and I think it, I don't remember what sum of money um, that they had put, it was like a million dollars had been put on the game or something, but Homer ended up having to come through for him, and I still remember that as being kind of my favorite Simpsons episode. Um, and I, that, that had like, to have been like 91, 92, 93, somewhere like that. It's a couple of years ago. Is that the one that had like Ken Griffey Jr. in it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ken Griffey. It had Ozzie Smith. It had like uh, Daryl Strawberry, Mattingly. I mean, it's like all these guys that are like Wade Boggs. Those are my guys. And all the people that are under a certain age right now are like, what is he talking about? No, man. Who are these people? <laughs> it's a really that was a really good one. Is that the one where they had been injecting Ken Griffey Jr. with like some yeah. kind of drugs and like experience and it like led to gigantism or something? I mean, yeah. Later did we find out that Barry Bonds actually would have the same issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember that one. It's been a while since I've seen it, but Burns ends up becoming like the manager of the team and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think he put a million dollars on it. If I remember correctly, he had put a million dollars that they'd be, and I don't remember what the town was, but it's, yeah, it's, that's been a couple of years ago. Okay. I have a few answers here. I'm trying to whittle it down. I think I'm going to go with, there's an episode. See, I've been wanting to say the monorail episode so bad. Because it's a really good one. All right. It's a very good one. But I, I want to go a little less stereotypical because I feel like a lot of people would say monorail or like Mr. Plow. You know what I mean? I feel like those are the ones yeah. everybody's like, oh, I know that one. So I'm going to go. There's an episode starring John Waters. Okay. The film director. And 
it's all about uh i think the episode may be called like homer is gay or something and it is brilliantly funny oh my <laughs> gosh john john waters walks in their home and is just like charmed by marge just because of the that she's got corn on her on her curtains and he thinks that's adorable and it's just oh the whole thing is just brilliant because they are so clueless about john waters and it's just flipping charming it's just <laughs> a really good episode so yes john waters episode that's the one yes so connor you seem awesome your questions are awesome too and it gets me psyched to have to think because I, I was going to say monorail and then I was like, no, the Itchy and Scratchy episode or Itchy and Scratchy Land episode where the robots end up going berserk. and Yeah. Because that's, that's the one where they have the Bort keychains and that kills me. Yep. That's, that's probably in my top 10, that episode. So. Good one. Very good. So, all right. So, Connor, good stuff. Uh, now let's move on to the Reddit episode or no, not Reddit episode, Reddit questions that are sitting... Uh, that, I, that were sent to me by Toffee Blues John. Um, <laughs> every time I have to say these, uh, some of these uh, screen names and handles, uh, I always, I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't know if I'm somebody <laughs> that 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 is like, you know, cool enough to say this, but QT6 Kitten asks. <laughs> That's enough said right there. Yes. <laughs> Did I even have to ask a at this point the funny thing is qt sexton has asked questions before we, there's some regulars in here it's great uh, who started the curse and how do we break it has god has god abandoned us does rondon offer anything to the team and if so well we've sort of answered that before so that's yeah. okay um uh, oh sorry i should have read the rest of this because it's hilarious does rondon offer anything to the team and if so does he know that he can start offering it now? That's just so good. I hate I messed that up. And uh, and lastly, do horses wear socks? Ooh. I I feel like I've seen movies and and like horse racing things where they wear leg warmers. Yeah, it's leg warmers. But do they cover the hoof? No, it's not toes. They they don't have toes, so they don't need those little five. They don't have those five appendages, mm-hmm. so they go barefoot. Yeah. So technically, shoes. technically, that's a no, cutie sex kitten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Leg warmers. The eighties. Eighties. That's where they got the yeah. idea. Madonna. Um, so, who started the curse and how do we break it? Has God abandoned us? How are you? You feel? Do you ever feel cursed? I think that's that's the real question here. You feel cursed as an Everton fan sometimes? So I was a Cubs fan for years. So that, bro, you feel that great. Was cursed. <laughs> that was cursed. So um, legit. Nah, I don't know. Don't you feel like sometimes you need that thing in life, though, that you get really excited about, and then there's some angst, and you go through every human emotion, and maybe that's what draws us to Everton in the first place? Because how boring would it be to be great all the time? Then there's never that up when you've had the downs and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to be good one of these days. It's going to happen. Um, maybe in my lifetime. I don't know, but it, it's not, I don't think it's a curse. Yeah. Is it, I, is it a curse? I think curses are only as effective if you believe in them. You give them power, you know, yeah. same way, uh, same way, uh, you know, just 
and, and to be honest with you, it's, I don't even know if that's even, that may, what I just said may be nonsensical, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, kind of a group mentality shaping a group, a, a, an entire group mentality. So if the Everton fan base is sitting there collectively thinking, oh my gosh, we are, we are going to cack our pantaloons right now and give up a goal. Then I, and I sort of feel like that, that general vibe, it, like the team actually thinks, hey, they think we're going to do this. Hey, we better not do this. We better not cack our pantaloons. And then what happens? The inevitable cacking of pantaloons yeah. every time, you know? So, yeah, man. And so these teams that, that, that are the ones who are the, the ones causing the cacking of pantaloons, those teams, they've, they've been there before. They have a confidence in being in front of the goal and yep. finishing and, and not making silly mistakes and being present and not obsessing with failure and silliness in their prefrontal cortex. You know what I mean? They're there. They're there. Yeah. They've been there before. Right? So, yeah, man. Do I, do I feel like we're cursed? Nah, man. I just think we're negative. I think we're negative. <laughs> Let's get over that. You know? But I got to be honest, I, I, as an Everton fan, I felt super daggone negative. <laughs> as negative as you can feel. Yeah. So. It, it is part of the emotion. I mean, it's every season you start with this high, and then you yeah. get up there someplace where you're like, hey, we really do have a chance to make Europe. And then you settle back into ninth, ten, and then you go back through the whole cycle again. It's the life cycle. It's, it's yeah. what you do. It's what you do. Yeah. So. Rinse and repeat. You know, it's... <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I mean, you said it best, though. I I did not um, feel drawn to Everton because they were the top team in the table. Yeah. Um, that's not my psychology. It's yep. not. I I I like to uh, earn it with a team. I like yep. to be a part of the journey. I like to be a part of the climb. You know. Uh, you know. It's it's not why I. Uh, if I if I'm going to do that, then I mean, I just I. I wouldn't be a Wake Forest fan. Okay? Yeah, that's that tells you right there that you are definitely used to the climb. That's my local, okay? <laughs> I grew up Wake Forest basketball and Wake Forest football. And let me tell you something, folks. This is how many national championships we have. <laughs> We're psyched. You've had, a couple really, you've, you've had a couple really good players, though. Yes. A couple. Those are like little one in Rodney Rogers, Tim Dunk. I mean, look, you've had you've had those guys, so you know they're all there. Uh, you know, Chris Paul, Josh Howard. Yeah, see, you know, but how haven't you won a national title? That's the question. Oh wait, I know it's my Kentucky Wildcats that I grew up cheering for that always knocked you guys out. He did knock us out one time. You made me cry one time, man. It's Jamal Mashburn, man. That was yeah. the worst. Oh, Jamal versus Rodney, so. I think it's, it's, I will say it's amazing. You're a UK fan and you're also talking about the climb and two things that are difficult. Ah. That's like the most successful. <laughs> like they're, they're winning so many games every year. So, you got to have something that you go to that makes you feel good all the time. Yes. You're like, got to have the fallback, man. <laughs> you're like, every time I'm worried about Everton, I'm like, oh, Calipari. Oh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's my drug. It makes me feel good. So. <laughs> said maybe why i feel so awful i don't know that <laughs> so so yeah so going to the reddit questions continuing uh victor boscovich asks 
how many points are we likely to get before Christmas with our upcoming fixtures being Watford home, Wolves away, Spurs home, City away, Brentford away, Liverpool home, Arsenal home, uh, Palace away, Chelsea away, and Leicester home. Taking into account our injuries, Rondon, and our manager. <laughs> so all, all of those things. I've done some brief calculations. It's not great. It's not a great. I was, I, I thought I was being optimistic. Maybe it's not. So out of those, after Wolves, Watford, Spurs, how many points you got us getting there? Oh, I like us at, I like us at least five points or with those. So for those three, I don't know what that combination is, but I don't think Spurs are as good as everybody is latching on to now after their Leicester or not Leicester, but um, their match this last weekend. Who was it? Manchester, Manchester United. Yeah. I just don't, that wasn't Uh, even. What about city Brentford, Liverpool, Arsenal, those four games. That's a, it's not an easy stretch, stretch especially the nah, way Brentford's been. Brentford's been playing really well. Um, I mean, to be conservative, I think you're happy if you get if you get if you get six points out of that. I think you're ecstatic. I I don't know that that's the case with that though. So okay, and I could easily see last, four. So the last three. So you want to say four? I'll say four. Okay, and then the last three: Palace, Chelsea, Leicester. How many points do you think we're taking there? Let's finish strong. I, I think we get six somehow because we get some people back. Okay. So, Chris is more optimistic than I am. <laughs> uh, Chris thinks we're getting 15 from that stretch. Okay. I have said 11. Honestly, I like Chris's plan. Let's do that <laughs> one. Okay. <laughs> Live in foolish bliss. That's the key. (laughs) (laughs) It's not foolish if it ends up happening. You know, it's okay. There you go. Uh, So, um, uh, Portland Eric asks, and I'm just going to throw this up to you. Why? Just why? (laughs) Chris, I'll let you go hog wild on that one. It's easy because you can't have every team be great. There's got to be somebody in the middle. We are the middle. We're the middle child. It's okay to be the middle child. It didn't work out real well. Which Brady was it that always complained she was in the middle, but she was on a TV show. Jan. Jan. I mean, Jan was on TV. So is it all that bad to be in the middle? It can't be. No. It's because the Premier League is dominated by teams that wait for it, they spend a lot of money. <laughs> what did we not get to do this year? We didn't get to spend a lot of money. And if anybody can reasonably explain financial fair play to me, good luck mm-hmm. because I haven't figured it out yet. And I don't know who has figured it out yet because it seems like teams with lots of money just get to spend more money is what it boils down to. And now Newcastle like gets they, to be one of those teams. So why not? the ones who have figured it out. They figured it out somehow. That's, that's the key. Just have more money. <laughs> Yes. 
When I was a kid, I'm like, why don't they just print more money? Why can't we just print more money? That's what they do at the big clubs. So that's what it is. I mean, you got a money money printing machine, like uh, in the movie uh, Goonies. Yeah. All right. The bad guys in Goonies had a money a counterfeiting machine. Yeah, that's all it is. That's that's essentially Food Man City and these clubs are the Patellis from Goonies. Exactly. You heard it here They're first. just printing money. They're just print money. So Nine Yoshi Five, who actually asks other questions in a minute, said, "Heard Dan Mice is coming back. Can he play right back?" <laughs> we don't bring on right backs. So Seamus <laughs> Coleman, he's going to be playing for the next 30, 40 years at least. They'll be actually that'll be Townsend's job at one point is to wheel him down the field just so that he can kick the ball and then wheel him back to play defense. Yeah, we don't believe in depth for <laughs> our uh, outside backs. We just you know, why? They're gonna they're gonna live forever. They're gonna be what I want to know. Over under on how many right backs we go in for that don't end up playing at Everton. That's what I want to know because it seems like this past year there were like seventy five thousand right backs that we scouted, looked at, and almost brought in. Yep, almost, almost. Couldn't work Gosh, it out. That was tough. That was the <laughs> one thing I was dead set that was going to happen. I was so certain. Ugh. All right, White Dove Books asks. Will Andros Townsend win goal of the season? Are we talking about for Premier League or for just for Everton? For Everton, absolutely yes. 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 Goal of the season, I feel like that's going to go to somebody from one of the big six just because they default. And this one happened so early in the season. Mm -hmm. But like it was miraculous. And that's a big goalkeeper. That's not kicking it over. Jordan Pickford's tiny little arms. That was a large man that he kicked it over. Oh, I don't remind me about Pickford. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going I'm to agree with you. Yes for Premier League. Or yes for uh, Everton. No for Premier League. Um. All right, so Ever Evertonian, nice. Yeah, it's like an interesting spelling of their first name after Everton. Very cool. I guess it's their first name. Would you like to see the youngsters, Lewis Dobbin or Ellis Sims, be given a chance over Rondon? Oh, no. I just don't think they're ready. I don't see it, so... Um, is Sims even healthy? So that's the thing. I feel like Sims has not been healthy. And I, I believe what we're hoping to do is when he gets healthy, have him get some U23 games under his belt. And then in January, send him out on loan to a championship club. See if he can, yeah. you know, uh, build on his work with Blackpool last season. Yeah. And I, you know, Dobbins to me, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I feel like he's going to get slotted out wide at some point. He just does not look like your typical number nine that we would have. Now, maybe somebody else, but not us. So yeah. I just feel like eventually he's going to get slotted out wide. And mm -hmm. I think he can be an effective player. He looks like he's got a lot. Maybe not ready yet for that. I like him for change of pace. I like him to, uh, like if we were doing a two-striker setup, I'd love that. That would be interesting yep. to have him playing off a, a, a larger striker. You know, it could be interesting. Yep. 
Do you feel like he'd be more like a in for like for like with Gray, for example, or maybe Townsend than maybe necessarily? He, he one would think uh, in terms of I, I, I'm just curious if he understands those those positions, if he yeah. hasn't been getting a lot of run at those positions. Uh, it takes a little while to kind of understand the movement. Yeah. And um, yeah. And the responsibilities, especially like defensively, all different responsibilities defensively. So I'd love to, um, the, the idea of there being kids coming through, though, getting some time is very appealing to me. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think he's there more for emergencies right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, Nine Yoshi five asks, asks two questions. And this is a uh, frequent poster. So thank you, Nine Yoshi five. Good to hear from you. Uh, again, always some really insightful questions. Uh, Iwobi was signed by Marco Silva. Since then, all managers have failed to get the best out of him, yet they persist with him. Is it best to just let others get a chance? How long do you, do you persist with a player before you actually resign to giving them a longer period on the bench? Didn't That's you say question. earlier that Iwobi, need, Iwobi needs a hug? I feel like he needs one now. Mm -hmm. He's... <laughs> I, he's definitely I don't think he's high on confidence and I feel like he got he got a little last season um and I feel like he had a little this season at times um but he just didn't strike me as a player who was confident on the ball playing on the wing um first half second half I didn't think he was that bad no I didn't either I honestly think too if you look at Awobi's stats he's better than people think he is like if you just look at pure numbers and he does some things, he is strong. So there are times he gets a ball that you don't think he's going to have any chance of getting and retaining. And mm -hmm. then play happens after that. So I do think he has qualities. I'm like you, I think his confidence is low. And honestly, you know, I I'm giving him a hard time about missing something in the box, but that's really not who he is. I, I don't think he is that guy. Um, True. And maybe that's the biggest thing. Has he really played where he needs to play on the field at this point? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's been moved to every position you can move him, including right back. He was a right why, back last year. That's why it's a very fair question. Because when you're a professional footballer, um, sometimes things go wrong for you. And you have a season where you're played out of position. You have a manager that doesn't understand your quality, doesn't understand your strengths. This happens. But at some point, when you're a professional footballer, you have to find your way. Yeah. You have to adapt. You have to find and and you you manufacture that confidence however you can. Um, well, I love the way, what I, do I, you love the way I talk about this. Like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like like, like we're. <laughs> you know, it's, does does he get the same? Does he get the same lens if he came here on a free, or if he came here for like Damari Gray, one point five. Yeah. I kind of feel like sometimes these guys carry that price tag as their yeah. weight, like, like it's his fault. Like he was like, Oh, I'm not coming unless you pay me, unless you pay Arsenal 30 some million or whatever it was that they paid. I think it was close to that. So I, you know, sometimes I think that just puts that microscope on somebody. Yeah. I got to agree with you. Um, uh, I'm really conflicted about it because I was actually expecting to see Gordon start. Yeah, I was too. Um, and it's not like it's arbitrary. 
you know, uh, Benitez is not going to sit there and go, well, I thought it was good. I thought it was, I wanted to give a Wobie a chance. He's not going to say that, right? He's going to give you very specific, you know, uh, reasoning. Um, may talk about how incisive he can be, like on the dribble, um, yeah. how he, uh, his short combinations with other players, you know, has been beneficial in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, how he's very much a, a creator, uh, a number 10 from the wing often. That's typically what yep. his position is. Yeah. Um, so there's reasoning for it. Um, I felt like against West Ham, too, it was about you're playing against a big, physical, strong team. I don't think Gordon is there yet physically. I do think against certain teams, I think Gordon gives you those runs. He gives you that energy. Mm-hmm. West Ham, and you know the way they were calling that game, does Gordon get those same runs? He's probably fouled, not fouled, because they're not going to call yeah. anything a bunch of times in that. So I do think that's probably what Benitez was thinking is like, I got to get a physical presence. And Awobi, whether you like him or you don't like it, he is physical. He's a mm-hmm. strong guy. I've seen him hold up. Some, you're like, how did he just come out of that? Yeah. Um, Gordon's probably not there with his – Gordon may never be there with his body. He may always be a speed guy that's going to get you with that quick burst and get by you. Yeah. So, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, Benitez is, is, a, is a professional, you know, football manager, right? He's professional. He's going to look at the pieces he has, and he's going to assess them based on, based mm-hmm. on need, based on circumstance. And if Iwobi gives him the best chance of winning, it's not really going to be like – hey, let me give this other player a chance who doesn't have the same qualities. If he's got a player that he thinks is going to give them a better chance and has the same qualities, that's when he's going to give them that chance. Or if he needs, or if those players have different qualities that he needs for certain circumstances. But what you're talking about with West Ham, I I get why he started a movie. That makes sense to me. You know? Um, And I mean, I'm not against him starting in other games this season. I'm not. No. Uh, situational. He's the manager. If we're if we're performing well and doing well this season, and uh, there's heart and grit, and we show flexibility tactically, and he starts sometime, uh, I'm, I'm not going to whine. I'm going to go. Hope he does well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm going to be super cautious, and I'm not going to be super confident, but I hope he rocks it out. Yeah. You know? I don't know. That's uh, a great question, though, uh, Yoshi. Um, Last question from Reddit. What are your thoughts on how the Newcastle tech takeover will affect Everton? Challenging from the, for the same type of players. Bigger question, has football lost its morality given the Premier League's acceptance to Newcastle's new owners that have questionable ethics? Who are on the Premier League committee uh, that actually decides the standards? New ownership acceptance and what is to say that there is actually a degree of corruption like FIFA had with Bladder. This is conjecture for now, but with a lack of actions taken against the Snide Six, PL teams forming the Super League, and now a lack of moral compass, it makes me question the fairness that is being applied in football by overseeing Premier League governance team. Long post, sorry, but one that I'm keen to hear your thoughts on. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's hard. I, I, yeah, I question some of the ethics involved. I do. Um, but I, I question a lot of ethics in life that mm-hmm. we end up being okay with. You know, um, I, 
it's weird. Uh, I probably don't live my values. I probably don't. So I may be a hypocrite talking about this. I don't know if I live yeah. my values, man. I don't know if I like, uh, like I, I wish that uh, I didn't have to buy so much stuff from Amazon. Mm -hmm. All right. There's a yep. lot of stuff like that. I wish I was, uh, you know, I uh, recently I bought a pair of Allbird shoes, which are rocking by the way. And they're all <laughs> like sustainable and comfortable and awesome. And it made me feel like, Hey, I'm living my values right now. I'm living my values, you know, but I can't do that with all my clothes. Yep. I can't do that. I can't afford it. Stuff's expensive, man. Yep. Um, I can't sit there and say like, I believe food should be prepared like this. And so I'm going to go to Whole Foods and buy all my food from there. Can't do it. Yep. You know? So yeah, I have an opinion about the ethics here, but I also have an opinion about a lot of stuff that I've had to be fine with in my life. Yeah. I mean, it's such a morality play with all this stuff. I mean, we're playing a world cup where, you right? know, it's, but if you take a look, like there's bad people that have owned clubs, teams everywhere in the world. And you know, how much of it is, are you cheering for that team or are you cheering for the owners? Yeah. Um, and you know, if I were a Newcastle fan, I just want to see Newcastle win. And in the old days, would I have even known who was going to be that person that was going to take over and make my team win? I don't know that I would have had it not been mm -hmm. for the mass media and the way it is. So it's, it is hard to be able to be, like you said, that moral arbiter when I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm a grain of sand in this yeah. large, large desert that's out there. And so I think that's the, that's the real challenge in all this. And who's to say, you know, I mean, we've already, we've already seen the, the man cities of the world. We've seen PSG and this is another one of those clubs lining up in that yeah. same vein. Um, and we saw the super, all those things, they all, if you're an Everton fan, we look at it and we go, yeah, that's not, but let's be honest with ourselves. If Everton's winning, do we overlook some of the things that our ownership group would do? Probably, right. probably. Yeah. So I, it's just, it's hard for me to criticize and say that. And I feel like it jumped the shark a long time. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, it, <laughs> the genie's out of the box, whatever you want to say. It, it's mm -hmm. been long past to where this is the way it is. Uh, so there's an easy solution. But all of it is you turn your TV off, you don't, you don't buy the products, mm -hmm. but that's not yeah. going to happen. We're all going to keep yeah. buying stuff. We're all going to keep watching the product because we love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's all, that all makes sense. Um, yeah. That's a hard, uh, deep, that's would, a really hard, deep question, by the way. It is. So. No, and, and the thing is we've, we've gotten into it a little bit uh, in the past. Uh, I don't know if it was last week, the week before um, Jay Colton and I were talking about a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, some people could accuse, you know, uh, I, I hear a lot of criticism of Usmanov that yeah. supposedly there's some, uh, you know, and he's obviously like Mushiri's buddy. Um, I hear criticism about that. I don't know a whole lot about his financials. I don't know a whole lot about his contributions to the club. I don't know a whole lot about that stuff. Um, so I can't sit there and defend a lot of that. I just know that yeah. when Mushiri came to the club, I had a lot of hope and uh, we were, we started buying players mm -hmm. and we, you know, bought managers yeah. for like a change. It was different. 
Um, so it was, it was strange. Um, and there was, there was a different kind of hope where you were like, man, we can be huge. And then we were like, let's buy 11 number 10s. <laughs> let's all buy all, all the 10s. Test <laughs> every one of them. And let's play them all together. Let's make sure none of them have speed. Let's make sure none of them play with other players that have speed. And yep. yeah, let's, yeah, there we go. Well, we knew we could bring in Big Sam if it got bad. So, I mean, that's, we always had that as a default in our back pocket. Oh, Sam, <laughs> the gravy man. I, I'll, if, I had a, if I had some wine, I would drink a pint of wine for you, my friend. <laughs> and have your pot. <laughs> yes, my oh, gosh. Okay, um, great question as always, Yoshi. Uh, last, last tiny bit. And this is from Toffee Blues John to uh, wrap this up before we do the Watford uh, Watford preview. Um, pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? I agree. I agree. It's not natural. I don't like juicy stuff on pizzas. No, it's not natural. It, it's not my thing. You know, I agree. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Chris on this. Yes. And he also asked, what's your favorite film, Chris? Ooh. Uh, Apocalypse Now is probably my favorite. So I don't get to make people super jealous often, but I went to film school here at the University of North Carolina School of the Arts, and they had a 70 millimeter print of Apocalypse Now oh. that I got to watch. That that is kind of making me a little jealous. Massive screen, <laughs> and it That's was awesome. wonderful. That's a yeah. really good movie. Just just saying, yeah. The interesting thing is the, and of course, my film school education is slowly evaporating. But the film had a uh, tint to it, like an orange tint. Yeah. And so because it's aged, so when I came out of the film, I'd been in there for like three hours. I come out, everything I saw was like green. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and my professor had told us it was going to happen he's like just so you know don't freak out it's gonna it'll, it'll be fixed but so when he said know, this movie is going to change your view of the world he was being literally, literally. <laughs> nice very cool yeah and i had just like uh and i had read uh heart of darkness like right before yeah. it again so it was just a cool yeah, it's very neat. That, the beach, one. the beach scene with the helicopters, uh, just magic, movie magic. The scene with the doors, the end at the end of the film, yeah. is jarring and holy crap. That's yes, and uh, and okay, accompany that. Have you seen um, Hearts of Darkness, the documentary? No, I have about not. The make watch that movie I need to. it's about the making of it and you would be you'll just be dazzled by the fact that they even made it coherent yeah that they somehow made that a coherent movie nuts the film set was nuts like the the actual making of that because that was like those helicopters coming in were like a was like a real mm -hmm. uh, that was a real military and they turned around and had to leave in the middle of a shot because they had to go to military stuff like something was happening <laughs> crazy movie man what a crazy movie yeah. oh my gosh so what a good choice um so uh my my personal 
like favorite is I, I the movie I grew up watching was Goonies. I say that, uh, but if I go movie nerd, there's an Italian film by Federico Fellini called Eight and a Half, and it's about a film director and somebody who studied directing uh, is like me. It's just it was a very pivotal film for me as a human uh, and kind of discovering that I wanted to make movies and the type of films I wanted to make. And so, yeah, eight and a half Italian. It's weird. Don't expect to love it. If you watch it, everybody. Um, so, so yeah. Um, and it's from the sixties. I like sixties cinema for some reason. Um, sixties foreign cinema. Probably enough. All right. So moving on. Watford is Watford is happening, whether we like it or not. Uh, you may need Watford right now, to be honest. Their current form, they're 16th in the table, 2-1-5 and five with seven points. Most recently, they had a real nail-biter with, uh, with the Reds. Uh, little, they, somehow Liverpool squeaked by 5-0. Um, gosh. Uh, before that, they lost 1-0 to Leeds. Before that, they drew 1-1 to Newcastle. And before that, they lost 3-1 to Stoke in the Carabao Cup. Watford just not having a great season. Yeah. Just not having a great season. Um, I will say a player I've admired for years now is Myla Saar. Um, yeah. Will, will probably be starting for them. Um, I could list the starters, but to be honest with you, I feel like it's dishonest. I don't know that these starters are actually going to play. I, I, I checked a couple of websites, got their opinions, pulled them together. And yeah, I, I feel like cheating if I'm going to say that out loud. Uh, uh, I, I, Tom Cleverly may start. Yeah. I would say. <laughs> and he's played for them for about 80 years. Has he been there that long? So since he left, I us. feel like Tom Cleverly has been there since he left us and he's just yeah. going to stay. There, so since, since he left us, uh, he's another player. I, I wanted to do really well because I felt like nobody wanted him to do well. Yeah. And he just didn't do well. Yeah. And and so it's it's one of those where I'm always like, yeah, I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. Really good. I mean, I, I know he's uh, – I think the thing I remembered most fondly about Tom Cleverly is he had a uh, – he seemed like his relationship was decently healthy with his <laughs> wife. He seemed like she was doing okay is what I'll say. I got That's nice. Man. Um, yeah. So and uh, and Sissoko will probably start for them. Danny yeah. Rose, players that we've been linked to in the past. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, there. I, I will be disappointed if we don't win this one. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we'll see a reaction. I really do. If we have uh, enough players to actually put an eleven out on the field. So. So. Pickford's obviously gonna start. But are we going to see Coleman, Mina, Godfrey, Keane, and Luca Dean? Or are we just going to see Coleman, two of those three center backs, and Luca Dean? See, that's the yeah. question here. Um, we don't actually know. We do, yeah. I, I, I'm leaning toward the back five. I don't necessarily want it, though. Um, yeah. I don't, And I don't know who slots in in the middle. Um, I love the idea of JPG just coming in and being like this. This great story, man. Yep. 
I mean, I think if I if I had to look at it, I still think it's kind of that four four two ish, and I think I think he's going to put JP in and going to give it a shot, and I'm going to pretend like that's what's going to happen. Um, I love the I love the idea good. of it. I just don't know if he's if if uh, he's ready to put that kind of pressure on him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Imagine he comes in and uh, I'm going to gradually work him in and get him. want to get some minutes out of him. First, uh, before he, before he tears something, pulls yeah. something, ends up in surgery. Oh, yeah, guys just had some rotten luck. I could see Davies playing. Uh, I could. Yep. He's been healthy. I haven't seen a lot of Andre Gomes. Uh, he, he has not been healthy. Uh, so yeah, I could see Davies slotting in there. Okay. Yeah, I just see that happening with a back four. But you know, Benitez has forgotten more about football than what I know. So maybe he's got a better plan, and you know, maybe it is a back five. I don't know. Oh, it whoa. just seems odd against a. I, it seems odd against a team like Watford. Something that I just thought of, dude. What if? Godfrey or Holgate playing with taking the Decore spot. You know, everybody always said Holgate should have been a six. He's not bad. I don't know about his passing ability. I, not, neither neither of those two guys can can <laughs> you, pass the way Decore does. But you'll at least have a ball winner in there. Um, you said you said passing ability with Mason Holgate, and that just made me crack up for a second. So. It should, right? <laughs> oh man, he thinks. Here's the thing, though, about Mason Holgate. He believes he has passing ability, and I, I love that about him because he has this ultimate confidence that he can do it. It just it doesn't always happen for him. So, man, I'd love I'd love to see him get in the form that he was in uh, a couple years ago. Um, yeah, you know, um, yeah. So it could be could be a thing. I totally I can't believe we weren't thinking about this solution earlier about that possibility because uh, Godfrey has has played that position for Norwich. Yeah. I mean, technically, if you went with a back five and put Godfrey in that position, could he not push up a little bit, play kind of that holding six in front of in front of the four? Mm-hmm. You still get the same effect out of it. So I I would be curious. I mean, I feel like Benitez is one of those guys that as much as he'd love to have everybody, I think he's also one of those guys that is kind of like, I like this challenge of seeing yeah. how I can. And what I love about him is the in-game adjustments um, yep. because – it's not just sit over there and watch as the game unfolds, maybe throw a couple guys on at the end. I mean, he really made an adjustment during the West Ham game that almost worked out because we look like a different team in the second half. So He's done it, he's done it a few times. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I do think we get the win this weekend, so mm-hmm. I feel confident, which means that we'll probably lose, but that's okay too. So life will continue to spin. The world will continue to spin. So it's the way it I'll is. be curious if it's Iwobi or if it's uh, Gordon. Um, very curious about that. Uh, I don't know. Again, I thought Iwobi was was not was was better in the uh, in the second half, yeah. in a different position. I'm curious. I think we'll definitely see Townsend, Gray, and Rondon in the yeah. Elon. Uh, it's just the others are the mystery. I'm a, I I kind of like your thought though in the slot. You know, put Gordon out on the wing, slot Gray in. It kind of that pseudo number ten, but then let him be flexible and go to either yeah. wing do what he wants to do so yeah because that guy's so good on the ball what's the score uh i've got three one three one i've just got two one just because it's a little bit of a rebound and we're missing some pieces and i i'm a little worried about that um i still think we're gonna win though um 
I get paranoid that that we're uh, we've both picked both picked a win just because <laughs> Watford has not had that successful season. You're you're doing that com- classic Everton fan thing right now. Yeah, you're thinking about everything that could. Let's see, Watford hasn't won in a while, which means they're probably due, which means that they'll probably come out and play, and they have a lot of guys that we've liked in the past. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, we all well, go through every it. Time, as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a supporter, every time I tend to look past a team, those yeah. are to burn. And that's, that's why I just, it, I just caught myself. It's kind of like when you're, when you're meditating and your brain has gone to a different place, and you catch yourself, and you're like, hey, Hey, wandering, thinking. What's going on? We don't have we don't have Carlo Ancelotti now, so we actually do. Like, I'm not sure that he would have even known we were playing Watford. Like, he knew the big, but like these games, I was always kind of wondering: Did he just like show up on Friday and say, "Who we got?" Uh, all right, <laughs> I'm gonna drink my coffee. Yeah. So I do think Benitez actually cares and uh, wants to win he matches. He does all the matches. I mean, so we'll see. If, if for nothing else, to be able to throw it in our face at the end of the <laughs> see, I didn't suck. <laughs> I told you, I live in Liverpool. I have friends who are blues. <laughs> yes. I, I know. I've seen the color blue before. I've played against them many times. Uh, all right. So that is actually the end of the show. That's it. You have, you've survived. Um, so Chris, uh, uh, first off, thanks for thanks for coming on. This has been awesome. Uh, Gateway Toffees, any last little uh, plugs or shout outs you wanna you wanna put in here? Just uh, you know, shout out to my to my buddy and and Jeremy, and uh, he wanted to be coming on this as well. Couldn't be tonight, so uh, shout out to Jeremy. Thank you for all he does in the background, helping us to get this started. And hey, thanks for having us on. Greatly appreciate it. Learned a lot tonight. Uh, no Turkish horror movies, so I will keep that. But yeah, man. Uh, so, Chris, thanks so much. Um, hopefully, we can have you on again. Uh, this was an absolute pleasure. Love talking to you. Um, hopefully, I get to uh, get to visit uh, the city of Cincinnati. Hopefully, I get to watch the the brand new the brand new MLS team that's coming in a couple years, which you are sporting right now. There you go, St. Louis City. Um, uh, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool logo. It's a, I feel like, I feel like you gotta, you gotta, I feel like it's the, it's the new team that people are sleeping on that I'm very excited to see because that people, yeah. people, I feel like people are forgetting that they're happening. So I'm yeah. um, very excited for you. Um, and cool and uh, very cool to see. Uh, I, I would love to have Jeremy on as well. Uh, yeah. Get to know, get to know him and, you know, weird him out as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, and anybody in the St. Louis area, the Amsterdam. Okay. Be there. Get, a, get there and uh, hang out with these cool, cool fellas. Yeah, come, um, out, come out and watch us beat the orange. So, um, so uh, do my end of show spiel. Uh, if you're digging what you're hearing or seeing, uh, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel and or podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, check out the Toffee Blues website. Some work's been done on under that site. So check out all the all the uh, content that some cool, cool folks, some, some diehard Evertonians uh, have been uh, putting out there. Uh, most of them, uh, you know, some, some are U.S. based, some are, uh, some are England based, uh, some are uh, neither. So uh, 
check that out. Check out what they've uh, been churning out up there. Um, they're cool. Um, really smart. Um, and I get to be in a, a message group for them, dropping knowledge on me. And I'm, um, so uh, there's that. Follow the Top of Blues on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And that's it. Show, show over. Uh, Chris, have yourself a good night. I'm going to go trans yeah. transfer all this footage and have a beer and hang out with my wife for nine, for nine minutes. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Yes. Hey, thanks Chris, again for having me on. Anytime. Love to come back on. So That would be great. Thanks so much. By the way, your Wes Anderson setup in your living room is just so symmetrical and beautiful. It's <laughs> awesome so I, yeah. I was like halfway through and i was like it's wes anderson that's what i'm seeing right now that's so great so anyway. do what you can <laughs> all right everybody else out there thanks so much uh let's get three points i feel like we should this weekend let's do it try not do to it. be too to try not, try not to bathe or bask in the despair uh decoria will be back we're gonna figure out something you know it'd be crazy if rafa rafa gets us some points within his stretch so yep. uh yeah all right three points let's do it everybody much love. Take care. We're out. Bye. See ya.